another episode of Free Gossip Girls, a Gossip Girl podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Michelle. Tonight, we have a very special guest with us, Stefania Margitu. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So excited to have you. Um, let's tell all of our listeners, first of all, you wrote a book, Teen TV. Let everyone know what that is about. Yeah, so um, I wrote a book that kind of serves as a guidebook for the genre of teen TV, and I organized it um, chronologically, but also by generation. So I had a really great time writing about Gossip Girl for millennial teen TV, and uh, I got to chat with costume designer for the show, Eric Damon, which was really amazing. And as someone who watched the show as it was happening um, at the time, too. Too. So also as a fan of the show, it was a really great experience. Yeah, that's awesome. And he seems to be so cool. Yeah, really humble background and very like in tune with that, that kind of um, being able to have that like high fashion coming to like your TV screens, you know, before the digital, like we talk so much about like, even like those coveted images we would have of, you know, like whatever Blair or Serena or anyone was wearing and how they, the CW would post like, um, you know, just kind of like kind of snapshots of the week because there wasn't any other way to really like highlight it or commemorate it like pre smartphones. And the interview was before they even announced the Gossip Girl reboot. So it's really interesting in hindsight because he, he was maybe thinking the oh, sorry about that little driver. <laughs> so yeah, the Gossip Girl reboot wasn't even in the in the discussion. So yeah, I'm super excited to see that he's on for the reboot. Are you going to watch the reboot? I think so, right? I think I think it feels necessary. I don't I hope to not be disappointed, right? But right. I think you know, basically everyone's like this better be good, you know, that sort of thing, but um yeah, I'm, I I think I'm I'm looking forward to it. Michelle and I were actually talking earlier about do we think this reboot is for the millennials or is it for Gen Z? Because they're going to be in high school where the people who watched it when it was live are now in their thirties. So does it, does it, will it translate for which audience? What do you think it will translate for which audience? Right. It's, I think it's both. Right. And I mean, especially when you can get that crossover generation and, you know, somebody who teaches college and a lot of college freshmen, it's been kind of great to have, have the show been described as a classic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, I think it is definitely, you know, fan service to folks like us. Right. But also, um, especially with, you know, the kind of representation on those images we've seen of the cast, you know, I think folks are really excited that it's going to be more inclusive representation wise, you know, because that was definitely part of it, you know, like the the commentary about New York and um, but even, you know, even like the state of Brooklyn changed so much, you know, so Absolutely. Like Williamsburg as this kind of poor, you know, could you imagine like, you know, Dan and Williamsburg as this kind of poor, you know, maybe in co- only in contrast to somebody like, you know, the the Upper East Side elite, could it be? But now, you know, it's blown it's blown up so much that um yeah, it's going to be really interesting just the kind of, especially you all as New Yorkers, the like topography of New York and how much that's changed. 
Right. That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah I'm interested. I'm, int- I'm intrigued. I'm interested. We'll definitely watch. We've said this a million times. Right. We're going, we're planning on watching it. We have, to, we have to talk about it. We have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a lot of students that do watch Gossip Girl or that are familiar with most of the television shows of the millennial? Yeah, and they do. I mean, there's a, you know, there's this like Y2K um, nostalgia right now, right? So it's very early. So we finally had the early aughts, you know, kind of coming back, like the 90s and 80s came back. So it is, it is interesting to see that come back. And I think uh, obviously there's like, it's almost like a syndication thing with Netflix when these Mm -hmm. shows come back. Um, and if they, if they're streaming on Netflix, but yeah, they definitely consider Gossip Girl like a standard. And I do think, um, you know, it's funny because I feel like sometimes the OC feels a little dated to them, but Gossip Girl is a lot, uh, strikes a, a, a bigger chord with them than I, than I thought. Um, and it really was, I mean, if you contrast it with the OC where, like their communication methods, like, yes, they do use cell phones, but like Gossip Girl, you know, that kind of new technology. And I mean, everybody was starting to read like Perez Hilton at the time too, like just like Mm -hmm. the whole nature of online culture. Um, And they're both nostalgic about a time where the internet didn't rule everything, but also it's kind of like showing how the internet started to control people's lives. So I think it's a really good time capsule in that way. Yeah. Um, because we do, you know, you do have like the smaller screens and you do have these certain things that aren't, you know, it's not quite taking them over fully, but it's definitely there. So they have their own little, like, obviously like, how Perez Hilton was, or even how Gawker was, you know, they didn't, yeah. they weren't around for Gawker. So even that really like, <laughs> right? them, You're like, like, what's that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so funny to say uh, that they, your students will say that the OC feels dated. For me, that's my number one favorite show of yes. all time. And I'll watch it. I'll be like, this is still relevant it's still to relevant. me, but yeah. I grew up at that yeah. time. And yeah. the music influence of that really influenced me. So Uh, And I feel like the students maybe relate more to Gossip Girl because of the internet and that Mm -hmm. whole influence there. Right. And it's a classic. I'm putting that in quotations Mm -hmm. because it was the start of texting and people were tracking others. We just got to that in season four of Gossip Girl where they're like, oh, I tracked them on Gossip Girl. And we're like, wait, what? That's like find my friends these days. Yes. I didn't even remember that that was a thing in Gossip Girl. So it's kind of like they were a little bit before their time. And we've got to see how technology certainly has changed. So I'm curious to see in the reboot, how they're going to touch with that, because I feel like it's everything's instant gratification. And so with us watching this show, maybe it gets posted on Gossip Girl. I feel like it's not, it's a little bit slower. So in this new generation, I feel like I don't, will we have a gossip girl? Will we have to figure out who a gossip girl is? I feel like it would be easier to do that because we have such, you know, high tech technology. Right. And, you know, something even like, I I love that, you know, even when Bridgerton came out, everyone was comparing it to, to gossip girl. Right. And we find out who, um, the anonymous equivalent is at the end of season one. So yeah, it's one of those things where like the mystery, 
um, will be harder to do. But it's also so cool to see it on HBO Max because to get that treatment. Um, yeah. And I've definitely showed them, showed my students like that um, New York Magazine cover of like, you know, Gossip Girl, best show ever. And, you know, like to my USC hardcore film students, like what? You know, <laughs> there, there was like a real shocker that 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 um that like adults were also watching it and you know viewing it and just really really intrigued because I was in college I'm I was the same so like right before my my high school graduation I watched the OC graduation you know mm, what you say all right oh, <laughs> yes <laughs> so good and like Seth Cohen was definitely like the dream, you know, all of uh, all of the yeah, the absolute dream. And it's funny they were there, you know. There's like it's so established, and you know that they don't almost realize like the 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 elements that um, Gossip Girl did. And they definitely love shows like Skins as well, and a lot of the UK shows, and you know, like Scum. So I think like the OC also almost was like Gossip Girl almost showed that like pervasiveness of and like that like out you're out of network TV right with the CW. Like even if it's like you know drinking martinis at a hotel bar. <laughs> at 16 (laughs) that kind of like nature that it's always around and it's like always available um versus the kind of like oh we did it once and we got in trouble and now we're never really gonna talk about it too um and I think definitely even I like I even have friends who grew up in cities that are like really um somehow overwhelmed by shows set in the suburbs they're like it's everything just seems so far away and the driving you know like even you know kind of like having a car and driving right um but they also don't realize like things like you know the you know Laguna Beach was like a direct reaction to it so like this whole generation of reality tv on mtv you know basically also started by like oh no let's have our own version you know with with laguna beach the real oc right yeah exactly (laughs) so the the influence is there and the understandings there but i also think like things like the fashion are definitely huge you know like any headband references or you know I think the fact that um Blake Lively is such a star right now still right yeah um I mean she was like that it girl and she's been all over um and you know Leighton Meester obviously too like marrying our dream man um, <laughs> yeah. <that> crossover <laughs> the ultimate crossover yeah really <laughs> whether they like to admit it or not right. you know yeah what inspired you to put this book together? Um, so I had originally written about Clueless um, and <sighs> our yeah. favorite movie of all time. <laughs> um, so I had written about kind of how fandom and clueless is perceived online. And this also was kind of pre-podcast. So, you know, like looking back, um, you know, is more about kind of Tumblr and things like and like Wild Fox, you know, and right around when the Iggy Azalea video came out. Um, but, you know, completely recreate, recreated it. So I got to interview the costume designer for, for the music video, um, which was amazing. And and her cousin actually, um, was the designer and I can't remember his name, but the designer of the Lady Gaga meat dress. 
Oh, wow. wow. That's so cool. So, you know, that like small world fashion costume designer world. Um, and I originally was was doing a project with my old advisor and she ended up not being able um, to to do it. But like based on the, the clueless uh, chapter that I had written, I realized that I really wanted to talk about how we both have, we have fans of the coming of age genre and youth genre and teen TV and teen films. And it's either because that's what you're coming of age with, or you have a particular right fondness of that genre. Like I watched 90210 when I was a kid. I watched the OC when I was um, in high school. I watched Gossip Girl when I was in college, (laughs) I know. And everything since then is kind of like adult, you know, like things like, you know, Riverdale even, you know, um, I know has gotten a lot of flack for like, this is not, (laughs) or like Sabrina, right? Like, you know, and, and exactly like what y'all asked at the beginning, like what, how much of the reboots are fan service to us and how much are, you know, for new fans to kind of enjoy. So I really, so I really love that idea and of, and of like connecting both with like students, but also like, my fellow scholars and academics, because I think as millennials, we're also in this in between, in between sort of like my boomer seniors, you know, and my sort of gen, you know, and then there's, you know, of course, uh, Gen X, you know, always is so small, you know, the but always, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're there, we're there, we were there, and we hear you. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of idolizing of, you know, like, you know, shows like uh, Freaks and Geeks, obviously, and like um, My So-Called Life, you know, the kind of like 90s grunge shows that um, were were fairly short-lived too, but really show that peak, Party of Five. Um, And then, and yeah, a lot of people, when I, when I started the book, were like, kids don't watch TV anymore, teens don't watch TV, and it's so cyclical, right? It's people always like, say like the death of TV is going to come just like now there's like all this death of film and, you know, with movie theaters, but um, right as that was happening, like, you know, students were watching scam on Tumblr. People were rewatching, you know, gossip girl Um, 13 reasons why was coming out. Riverdale was coming out. Sabrina, the new Sabrina was coming out. So it was just like a boom you know and you don't realize it right it's like when all the tween stuff came out for us or when all these different things started being marketed towards us that you realize oh there's a new generation and they're coming of age and things are being targeted towards them so what do you think now is a really good representation of a television show that's out for the generation that it's marketed towards like have you watched a show that you're like this is a perfect teen drama for today. You know, um, and I, you know, it's got a lot of, um, you love it or you hate it, I think, but I do think Euphoria has been a really great example because I think it, you know, it like shocks folks enough that don't relate to it, which I think other shows did, you know, like uh, that happened for previous generations. Um, and watching it with my students, there's like laughter and parts I didn't realize that, that it's funny, you know, that, you know, it's just like hitting, you know, kind of like that edginess kind of level. Um, I think like the vernacular 
vernacular is there, right? The colloquialisms and like the slang, um, the fashion, the music. But also I think in the end, my students are like, look, I know it's like exaggerated and this isn't like what my life is, you know, it doesn't look as pretty. And obviously there's like a stylistic element. They're like, but I do relate to the show, you know, just the amount that they were able to relate to the show compared to something like, um, you know, 13 Reasons Why. They were, you know, they're just not not fans of that. Um, so the really kind of, I think when you're a teen, you're really good at deciphering the authenticity behind shows that try to target you. So you're really quick to be like, if this is kind of like talking at you, right, is very like, like a public service announcement after school special. It's like, nope, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Saved by the bell. Right. Yeah. By the but we love that for what it was in, in, mm-hmm. in its time. But right. now these days, I don't think kids would I don't appreciate probably not. that at all. Yeah. <laughs> but then they had the reboot. But then they had the reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. And I think they take Saved by the Bell for what it is. I know a lot of, I know there's lots of love for Fresh Prince, oh, yeah, um, so <laughs> which also I think, I mean, I think the humor really transcends, but yeah, Saved by the Bell was a show I would watch like after school, you know, and there's all, there's, there's also like the idea that when you're younger, you watch shows about like folks who are older than you, right? right. You're, like, you're a child and they're a teen or they're an adult and your influence. Yeah, yeah that's you're how in- you very much so get caught up in the world, right? Yeah, and and you you you're like, what is it going to be like? And of course, you know, the expectation is is never there. But never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but even you know, like those family shows that came out, like Growing Pains, were super PSA. Loved, you know? but I loved it. See, I yeah. loved family shows. I loved Growing Pains. Mm-hmm. I hated Seventh Heaven. Oh, that was. I thought that was preachy. I, and I felt like that was corny. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could not, I could not do But it. Growing Pains, it was, great. it was corny, but in a way where I resonated with that. I was like, I'm in that family. That's my yeah. family. Yeah. Where yeah. Growing uh, Seventh Heaven, I was not. I would watch it, so did but I. I like laughed at it yeah, I as a preteen. I was like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. No, I mean, and literally preachy. He was a pre pre. Yeah, I was know. A <laughs> literally a preacher (laughs) and the episodes would be like you know this guy's like 17 and he's like you know the the oldest son and they're like let's dine and dine and dash you know like the scenarios were the opposite like instead of like the exaggerated oh this isn't what high school's like it's like come on like this is a you know like low low stakes low level you know kind of like bad behavior um but even startup wise like Jessica Biel you know yeah well up yeah exactly. seriously and now she is um one of the creators of uh Cruel Summer I don't know if you've mm-hmm. caught that but Michelle and I are thoroughly enjoying that and kind of in the same realm it's a teen mm-hmm. drama yeah And I find it to, I still care about these characters, but I, I put myself in like their parents' shoes. I'm like, oh, well, what if my daughter did this? Or, so I still am enjoying it. And I wonder, I mean, I haven't talked to anyone, but a lot of people that have listened to us do enjoy that show. So Mm -hmm. assuming that they love Gossip Girl, they would like this show. Right. And it reminded me a lot of 13 Reasons Why as well, the mm-hmm. the darkness of it. 
but yet yeah. it's on network TV. So mm-hmm. I just think that that that's a really interesting show that's on that I can watch, and it's like the upcoming teen drama of our. Year, I also I guess. am curious if I'm enjoying it because it is taking place in the in the nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. that's my preferred. There's no that's social genre. media in yeah. it. There's no <laughs> use of technology, and that's where I want to escape to. Is what yes. I'm finding. You know, as I go back and rewatch the teen dramas of yesteryear. <laughs> right. And I wonder if they purposely put it in the nineties so that we, it's nostalgic. It's an, yeah, just a nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Have you watched experience. it? I haven't watched it yet, but I'm glad, you know, I took a little break, you know, from watching stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, I have these like regrets about like what I could have, you know, talked about. Um, but I'm glad to hear you all like it. And um, yeah, that, that nineties setting, I think is just so, um, opportune both for us and for Gen Z and, you know, even like for, you know, Gen, I mean, I think it really, for some reason, the nineties and this like Y2K early aughts has really struck a chord. Um, maybe in the same way, like when Stranger Things came out, the eighties did in that way. Yeah, definitely. We always have these, you know, revivals of, you know, different trends and different eras coming back. I mean, when like Mad Men was airing, there was the whole, you know, mid-century revival a lot of ways um but yeah I think and you know it was some students are really good at being uh, honest with me about like well why are you nostalgic about this era where you're you know you weren't born and and sometimes they're like well frankly you were and also like it's hard to it's hard I it's hard for me to remember but they were like you were the only one who witnessed, you know, 9-11. So, you know, we have this there, they, they talk about, you know, being born, you know, directly before, directly after 9-11 and just sort of this cloud of like, you know, so much is post 9-11 for them, you know, and so much of it is also like safety, but also just kind of views, views on the world. But yeah, as well as with like the technology, the technology of it all and the internet of things of it all, they, you know, instead of, you know, actually being as obsessed as, you know, like, they're perceived they do like having their like freedom from from the technology and their phones more so than I think they get credit for yeah (laughs) I'd say so that's good that is good that gives me hope for the kids in the world (laughs) yeah you know so I we have to ask what is your favorite teen drama (gasps) oh my god do you have a list yes you don't know and you don't know order but we are a teen drama network. This is what we <laughs> so. Well, I have to admit, I wasn't big on One Tree Hill, but I think that was, that might be like the only one though, but I wonder if it's because for me, you know, I grew up, it, it was based sort of in the South, right? Like basically. North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And I grew up in Alabama. So for me, it was also like this escapism and it maybe felt too close to home, like especially totally. early those early episodes where, you know, like with sports, you know, I was like, I don't want anything with that. But I do think, you know, I do think like there's, you know, like a canon almost, you know, I do think like 90210 is there is, you know, important and is there for such a huge reason. And I do think um, like, VOC and Gossip Girl are so important and like my favorite, like, you know, my favorites for a reason, but I also have, you know, 
the like top for sure. But um, yeah, I guess those are my top. But personally, of I think of course the OC was the the most for me. Right? It hit right. The- yeah. And at that time, um, it was like Team OC, Team One Tree Hill. So if you watched the OC, yes, you probably yeah. didn't watch One Tree Hill. <laughs> and if you watched One Tree Hill, you probably didn't watch the OC. So it would make sense to me that you love the OC and you were like, no, I want to escape to California. That's where I want to be with my love, Seth Cohen. Mm-hmm. And just, <laughs> yeah, soak up all that goodness in California. Totally. I'm currently rewatching. Dawson's Creek. Ah, I can't believe I forgot that one. Which it's funny, it's sort of forgettable. (laughs) You know, growing up as a kid, we were talking about this before we came out with you. We watched it. I was younger, but I watched it here sporadically on television. And now I'm rewatching it. I'm like, man, this is like it's nostalgic, but Dawson is so whiny and you watch for Pacey, in my opinion, you know, and it's just because like 90210, I love, loved, loved. Mm-hmm. such Fel- juice. Felicity, I love Felicity. Yeah. Which I don't know, is that a teen drama because it was college? Uh, I mean, tough. it's right. It's a and tough so- genre. It's a tough genre to pinpoint it. Yeah. And so then Dawson's Creek, I feel like I need to watch it because it was such a teen drama for the time. I'm like, my goodness, who talks like this? I know Dawson for all the way they talk, but Dawson is so, I'm just like, (laughs) it's so annoying. Yeah. I think the script and, you know, like that precociousness of Dawson was really big, but I think it really shaped like, you know, that we want, like when we were younger, we're like, we're going to talk this way too. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk like adults. Um, and you know, even the music and Dawson's, you know, oh. they've had their licensing issues, but it's great. But also, I mean, we have white Michelle Williams coming out of it, Katie Holmes, right? Um, and even Joshua Jackson has had, you know, it's it actually has some success, yeah, yeah, and, and it really actually, did all well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually James Vanderbeek who hasn't been able to really kind of do his thing. I mean, I loved his little like stint on Don't Trust How I Met Your Mother. Oh, oh and how I met your mother. All his cameos have been great. And I'm sure he's sitting on his money. But I do agree for me too. Like there wasn't I never thought I never had the crush element for Dawson. So when my students are like, Seth Cohen's so whiny and annoying. I'm like, no, if you think that watch Dawson's Creek. And they're like, okay, he's worse. Okay. He's such a different way where (laughs) Seth Cohen kind of paved the way for that underdog kind of like, I hate the but word no, nerdy. He was but a funny, no, sarcastic. He was sarcastic. He was a little shit. Indie just like, loving <laughs> music dream of my life. Yeah. That is who I was in love with in high school. So, and if you look at that like lineage to me of like you know before that, it was like Screech. Like you didn't have right. You didn't have a cute nerdy boy who could actually get the girl. Right. You had either right. like. The all, you know, like the, so it was, it's, you know, and even like Anna, you know, who I remember in high school would be like, oh, I like your pins on your backpack. You look like Anna from the OC. Or like, (laughs) um, even like the evolution of, I think like, right, like we don't want to say like the the nerdy girl, like the Velma almost, you know, like all Mm -hmm. of those kind of, but it is like that evolution. And it's so funny. That's who Tori Spelling played on Saved by the Bell. I know. (laughs) And then she goes to be 
on 90210. Well, yeah, yeah. completely different character. Yeah, so Donna. Yeah, Donna. Donna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> That's great. So your book is coming out on May 27th. Yes. So where can we order it? Is it up for pre-order and yeah. It's available on the um, on the Routledge on the publisher's website, and I do have a discount code um, for twenty percent off. I believe SMA zero four. But if Amazon's easier, it's also on Amazon, Um, and I believe you can order on you know your you know your you can order at your bookstores, or if you work at a university, you can order it at your university. and yeah, so yeah, I can definitely share the coupon code. But yeah, if it, it's, you know, it, I've got, it's been nice to have friends who aren't academics, you know, enjoy it, which is, which was the goal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was really fun to read the excerpt that you sent and just reminiscing about what we grew up loving and what we talk about every single week, at least with Gossip Girls. So just, yeah, it's definitely, it's something that I think everyone will enjoy. And and our your link for everything will be in the description for the episode, not to worry. The discount yeah. code will be there. Yeah. So if anyone wants to pick it up, they can absolutely do so. Yeah. And your podcast has been just so great, I think. And I'm sure you've gotten this from, from folks that, you know, when during this time, right, especially, you know, you feel like you're chatting with your, your friends, you know, in a time when like, phone conversations aren't as you know aren't the thing so it's it's a very like nice nostalgic feeling to like look back and watch the episodes so um thank you guys for all the work you do I know it's not I know it's not easy to keep up with it too right it's it it's a full-time job yeah (laughs) we love it and we love every every single minute of it and even just hearing you say that you even take a listen to it is amazing and that's means so much to us so thank you (laughs) and it's also just fun to connect and talk about this topic because that's my main patch I went to school for tv and film yeah so as you're talking about having students I'm like I want to be in your class I want to talk about teen tv all the time and I do which gets tiring Mm -hmm. to our friends and my husband so thank god right and we have each other for that and and our and you and our listeners so I can't wait to read the rest of this book same very excited and you all should come to my class because so many of my students are wanting to do podcasts, you know, and so many final projects are turning into podcasts or, you know, they're, they're either looking to start doing podcasts, you know, and so that would also be great, you know, the cross, you know, Absolutely. and especially what you're doing them on, right? Yeah, we would we love 100% that. be able to steer them hopefully in the right direction yeah. if they have any questions. We absolutely are there. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I love Wonderful. That. Yeah. Before we do hang up, though, I have to ask, what are your feelings on Chuck Bass? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you, if you listened, if you listen, we hate him. We're so. a little, we are very harsh <laughs> when it comes to gossip. We're like, oh, see, I felt like it was a love fest. Well, it's because yes, yes. one of our patrons actually just said this, that the OC, they're so relatable all the time. And when they do something that's kind of not relatable, uh-huh. you're surprised. And then Gossip Girl, their entire time, you're they're so unrelatable. You can't possibly put yourself yeah. in their world. And so when they're humanized, mm-hmm. you appreciate that. 
So I feel like yeah. that's why our podcast, that's how, why our views are the, the way they are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, audience. No, they're <laughs> And we're old now. I mean, we're adults watching Gossip Girl. It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And Michelle for the first time. So, you know, yeah. it's definitely and been so, hard. You know, like, I <laughs> Yeah, you hate to be that killjoy or that buzzkill for a friend sometimes. Like, I know so many, like, Grey's uh, fanatics who I'm like, oh. you know, if you watch that first episode, McDreamy will not let go. And she's like, this is harassment. This is yep. harassment, you know. You're it's not like right. a, you know. And obviously, you know, if you just go back to those first few episodes of, of Gossip Girl, obviously with Chuck and, you know, um, Little Jay, like, hugely problematic um and reminds me a lot actually of you know kind of what happens with Mad Men and with like the Pete character if you've watched Mad Men at all but um you know I think it's I think it's I think it's it's Anne Helen Peterson is is really one like one of my favorite writers about like millennial culture and she just came out with a piece about like just how in millennial kind of like magazine culture like fat phobia was just so normal like you know like things like eat a grapefruit you know or you know that kind of diet Mm -hmm. culture and so those kinds of things but also how we just kind of not accepted but you know things like you know you watch your drink you know or you watch out for guys like that but you know like the the Chuck sort of redemption story you know through Blair right it's basically completely through his love of Blair right because you know and you know hashtag hotel kid I know (laughs) you know we get to see him <laughs> I love that by the way. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I like, literally like, 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 just almost brought tears to yeah, me. So. Hashtag hotel kid. Yeah, but like, we're suppo- we want to see more of that hashtag hotel kid, you know? Hashtag yeah. And like, everyone, because I don't know how what happens in the end yet. I do mm-hmm. know what mm-hmm. is, but every week I'm like, I still feel nothing mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And I feel less and less every time we watch yeah. for him. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's that's good to look back at. And obviously Dan too, you know, and, you know, even elements of Dan or even, you know, the French. I, I mean, we were even like friendships and, you know, mean girl stuff has kind of finally faded away. Oh, you know? Thank God, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that sort of. <laughs> rivalry between you know Serena and Blair even I feel like oh you know because even a show like Pretty Little Liars like they were front you know there's parts of it where there's like com- more camaraderie you know but 100%, it really yeah shows or you know I wrote like about like poor Nellie Yuki you know like Nelly she had, you know like you yeah. know and um, but no, I think the harshness of, of Chuck is totally merited, you know, but fashion wise, like it was so great to speak with Eric David about yeah. the, the fashion of it because he was, he was cracking me up. He was like, you know, guys, you know, back then used to wear like, you know, boot cut jeans and like an Ed Hardy t-shirt yep. <laughs> to like dress up. Right. Um, like that was their normal yeah. where Chuck Bass yeah. kind of took that. And people were inspired by the way he was dressing. Right. Oh, he dresses up nice. Yeah. Even though yeah. we think it's ridiculous some, sometimes, but most yeah. of the oh, time yeah. it's justified. Yeah. He's a business guy and yeah. it's just what he was used to. And then the, the element of Ed being British and he brought that into there. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, it was cool to see that at least to give him some positive, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. on the show, yeah. but 
I think the fashion is, def- is definitely like a redemption point. Um, but yeah, the character, I think in hindsight, you know, it's kind of like the anti-heroes too. I think it's definitely um, a forgotten. And it was, you know, I've had like one of my best friends in college growing up. We always were, you know, that we'd watch a show and we'd always be like, I'm Chuck Bass. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm kind of like Chuck Bass, you know, like I kind of dress nice. Nobody else dresses nice. You know, <laughs> he was just kind of having that like confidence or, you know, thinking about that fashion, um, was just different, you know? Um, and yeah, like you said, in those, see, there are even elements where, you know, they, they do like, even if the style is like coveted and aspirational, it felt closer, right. It felt like still attainable. Um, whereas like, I mean, yeah, at that point, you know, Gossip Girl was like completely unattainable, you know, I mean, we go to like Chinatown and get our knockoffs and get our, you know, match a headband maybe, but that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah I think y'all y'all are right on the money (laughs) well I I feel good then that you said that (laughs) I just always have to ask someone that I know who has either watched Gossip Girl as a fan because I a bunch of our couple not a bunch but a a few of our friends they're like Chuck Bass is my favorite yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm like now is that nostalgia kicking in absolutely yeah I'm gonna say absolutely his evolution story (laughs) we'll see at the end and he has this big moment or maybe he just doesn't resonate for certain people and resonates for others so right yeah no I think most of it is nostalgia Mm -hmm. because nobody I was one of them you know (laughs) so nobody's watched it recently and is like wow Chuck is really you know no yeah nobody (laughs) watched it recently and felt that way I would say um and yeah, I think, but another thing is that like Chuck and Blair are also really funny in their meanness. I think that also like, sometimes I think they're like scathing, like, you know, even his relationship with Dan, how mean he is to Dan. It's just, but you can't help, but I no, always we do laugh. Help, and you right? need that because help. the show yeah. is so serious. You need some comic relief. Yeah. And so Blair being so mean or Chuck being so mean, mm-hmm. it is funny. And then you have Dan where he's like, what's up? What's going on? And like, (laughs) that is funny in itself because he truly doesn't belong. Mm -hmm. Or does he? I mean, I feel like at this point he He does, does. you know, he understands these people so much so that he is a part of them. He is are them, is them, is them. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Lonely boy. (laughs) yeah lonely boy exactly he's not so lonely no Mm -hmm. there's uh there's the the girls five eva show um, i love girls five eva so good oh good and the um you know the lonely boy song and everything i'm like this is so you know like he really became also that like prototype Oh, I'll explain. That oh yes, too. please yeah. do. I should just bring up a clip. I, I do want to watch Girls Five Eva. So oh. I love Lizzie Phillips so much. Yes, so I, I will follow anything she pretty much does, and I love her podcast. So and I love yeah. Tina Fey too. I mean, that whole cast is amazing. But I yeah. binged that in one. Same. That was like a weekend. Yeah. It's, it's so smart. Are they 22 minute episodes? Oh, yeah, oh, I it's short. Yeah, I'll do that in like a day. And there's yeah. eight episodes. That's um. I'm going to probably watch tonight and I'll be done. You should. Pandemic <laughs> weekend. Yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I was so lucky when she had her, when she had her show on. Did you go? Pro- 
I got to go twice. I know. It was so amazing. My my goal and plan was to go with my best friend in like the fall of when it was out. I watched yeah. it every night. I would cry when she sang her goodnight song and her oh, yeah. Mr. Nightgown. <laughs> oh my God, Lizzie, I love you so much. And then when she had Michelle on, her best friend's Michelle. Williams, yeah. And they held hands and they would cry. I'm like, friendship. Oh, <laughs> Was it amazing? Was real it so friendship. Yeah, it was super, super fun too. And I mean, you know, it was like because she really wanted to have that, you know, and like after reading the book and, you know, having Tina Fey like back her up, you know, and like um, even watching Hacks Down, just realizing there's still no women in late night, you know, and just, you know, how hard she tried and how good it was and how fun it was. Um, and I love Casey. I love Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, she's works with her on the, Oh yeah. With the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like her. Um, so yeah, I went on the one when Linda Cardellini, like that reunion. So that was really amazing. Um, and a friend from London was visiting and, you know, they give you like, um, like two buck Chuck, like they give you booze before. Cause it was, that's so cool. Yeah. Like there was a fun little kind of like, um, like what VIPs probably normally have in the show, but like what all everybody got to have. Cause it was a really small set, you know, and even just like everything was was just like good vibes really really fun and yeah it was just such a bummer I'm like fangirling over you for going to that experience (laughs) yeah I'll send you the pics because yeah oh my god (laughs) I love it so much it was Um, it was yeah they had the little sign oh yeah it was one of those really great I because I I never have been to a taping out here and you know they usually say it takes like forever too um I really didn't even want it I didn't I don't think I would have wanted to go to a late night one that much or even like you know, even the sitcom one can last forever, but I really yeah. wasn't trying to go to like Big Bang Theory or like, I don't yeah, know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not that, but I couldn't think of anything. So my students went to mom, but it was like right after Allison Janney won like the Oscar for oh, Itania. Wow. So I don't even think they got to go. It was just like, they just waited, you know, like that culture of just like, I'm just going to wait. Yeah,ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね